Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Football is in full effect, brother, with many teams strung their stuff. And the MLB playoffs are in full swing with the World Series underway. You might not be at the game, but you could be on the action at Online. Betonline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on all action this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Betonline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Betonline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Betonline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys, welcome into our Pit Panther Rants, another Sports Rants podcast. Vlad Harris, your host, brought to you by Armchair Media and BetOnline.ag. Well, what's there to say, guys? I don't know. Let's talk about it. Uh, as you guys all know, Pitt started out 3-0. They beat the crap out of Austin P. They took out Louisville. Well, they took out Syracuse, and then they took out Louisville. Then NC State happened. Uh, Boston College happened, you know, with the with the with the uh, with the Finkel as Einhorn, Einhorn as Finkel, extra point. Now we got this Miami, and it, you know it really doesn't matter how bad Miami is. We can never seem to beat them convincingly. Only for like four and maybe like five and seven, or maybe have nothing to play for. And you know, Miami is coached by Mark Richt. Although we did, although we did beat them when they were coached by Al Golden that one that one season. And of course, Al Golden I think was fired not too long after that. Well, I think he no, I think they kept him that they kept him that year. The next year they fired him. I think is what happened. I don't know. I don't have that. I don't have that information in front of me. But last week when I podcasted, Pitt opened as a 10-point dog against, against Miami. As I was making my picks, I saw the Pitt, the line jumped. It was the third, 13, 13 and a half. And I was going to pick Pitt to cover, and I said, well, you know, I think Pitt's going to lose this game 20 to 10. So I hope you guys went the other way on that and took, took the cover because – Pitt eventually covered if you took the 13 and a half or 13, whatever the line jumped to at that time. Because early Pitt was a minus 10, and yeah, that didn't, you know, obviously they didn't cover. I mean, I'm surprised Pitt scored more than 10 points. I mean, I predicted them, I predicted them to only score 10 points. But, you know, I was kind of close to the 28 points for Miami. I mean, Miami scored 31. But the uh, the biggest um, red flag, obviously, was before you know not so long before the game started. 
it was done so Kenny Pickett wouldn't play. And basically, it was, it was going to be between Joey Yellen and Bevel Davis to, um, to take the reins. Or Davis Bevel, I'm sorry. Well, Davis obviously was very underwhelming, and he, I think he, he ended his day one of one for one yard. Joey Yellen, um, 22 46, 277 yards, and one touchdown. He, um, I think he also lost a fumble as well. I mean, he wasn't over. I mean, there were some good things about Joey Yellen watching him play, and I don't, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing him again. One thing about Joey is he's not very mobile compared to what Kenny Pickett is. And the way our offensive line has been, I'm not sure how long Joey will last because we don't have a running game to save our lives. Now, the bright spot of our running game this past Saturday was Todd Sibley. Four carries, 23 yards, 5.8 average. And we didn't really see much of him after that. And, you know, Pat Narduzzi doesn't know why we didn't see much of him. He doesn't call the plays. He doesn't do the offensive personnel. Well, if you're the head coach and you don't do any of that, then what the fuck are you doing then? I mean, what what are you doing? I mean... If Nick Saban sees a certain back getting over five, six yards of carry, I'm sure Nick's going to want him in the fucking game. But, you know, whatever. He obviously has no hand in any of that. But, I mean, if I'm, a, if I'm the defensive guru and I see that my offense is giving, well, my defense a whole lot more work than what they should be doing, I'm going to be a bit concerned that's the thing. Pitt doesn't have a running game. So what happens here is if you continually have to throw the, throw the damn football, you're not going to be able to put teams away. I mean, we've, we've seen this with, with Todd Graham's teams, some of these Baylor teams from back in the day and with Art Bryles. They're only as good as their tempo. And if that tempo gets disrupted and they can't put teams away, well, you put more on your, de- on your defense. But to Pitt's credit and Joe Yellen's credit, Pitt did move the ball. Pitt had plenty of opportunities. Uh, Derek King gave Pitt plenty of opportunities. I mean, he, had, he threw two picks. Other than some big plays that Pitt's defense gave up, Derek King was not really that great. I mean, he got two touchdowns off the same exact play because Pitt keeps falling for it because our linebackers are, are becoming a liability in pass coverage. Or they've been a liability. It's just, you know, just a lot of disappointments so far. I mean, the defense hasn't, I mean, great, great run defense, but pass defense, it's inconsistent. A lot of weak spots. I mean, obviously, Paris Ford and DeMar Hamlin are great, but. There's other parts of the field that can be picked apart, and that's what teams are doing. They're finding our weaknesses, and we can't shield them. But 
that's the thing. I mean, when you score 19 points, and 13 or 19 points comes off the leg of uh, Alex Kessman, then that's going to be a problem. I mean, uh, Kirk Christodoulou had a help. You know, he had a great punting game. I mean, he did pretty well. You know, Pitt overall, given what happened with you know losing their starting quarterback, it turned out all you know they played an all right game. I think if Pickett's in there and he's healthy, Pitt probably wins this game. But I do like Joey Yellen. I I, I love to see more of him. I like his arm. I think I think he has a stronger arm than Pickett does. There's throws that he can make that Kenny really can't. Or can't, you know, do him as good as Joey can. But if we don't have an offensive line that can protect Joey, it's going to be a fucking new point. I mean, there's some days, there's times where I think he looks like John Terman back there. There's other times I think he looks, looks like Kent Graham. And if you've seen Kent Graham in his later years, especially with the Steelers, it was disastrous at times. And Pitt, you know, Pitt's problem in this game was they had drops again. They had to settle for field goals in the red zone. And they had a fake punt that looked really good, but for some reason they couldn't get a goddamn block on one defender. I mean, there was a there was a wide open space. All they had to do was get a block. And if you don't... Well, this isn't, I mean, this isn't Tecmo Bowl where you can get away with it. Well, it was just a wasted opportunity and didn't work out. But, uh, yeah, other offensive stars, I mean, Jordan Addison, eight catches, 147 yards. It's nice to see Jordan Addison have an actual stat line than, than having the usual eight catches for 50 yards. Like he's goddamn John L. Williams. Shockey Jockey, five catches, 40 yards. He had a critical drop towards the end of this game that killed a drive. Jared Wayne, one catch, 26 yards. Daniel Moraga, two catches, 24 yards on a touchdown. We had a, we had a play-action fake to a tight end, wide-open tight end for a touchdown. It was amazing. DeMar Hamlin on defense, 12 tackles total, eight solo, two for loss, one pass defended. Um, Paris Ford had six tackles total. He also had an interception. Marquise Williams had a pick as well. But uh, yeah, Pitt's front line did, you know, for the most part, did a lot of the work. That, that you know, the, not sure I can say with the linebackers guys. It just I don't know. Phil Campbell had two sacks. But the other side of it, I mean, for Miami, there was really nothing much there. I mean, Pitt just gave up two or three big plays. And, you know, plus not only that, they just didn't do themselves any favors. And, well, this is what happens. I mean, Miami averaged 2.6 yards a carry on the ground. None of those guys really stood out on, on, on offense. No, no, nobody really did. I mean, they just – Miami, to me, wasn't really all that impressive to me. I mean – if we if we could cut could have cut down the crap some of the, the you know the lapses on defense and not settle for three points every t- 
almost every time we got to the red zone, I think we'd probably win this game. But just in our typical game, our pitch shoots itself in the foot no matter what. And now they got Notre Dame coming up, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Now around the ACC, uh, Clemson, Georgia Tech looked like a a football game early, but then Clemson scored thirty five points in the second quarter and beat the crap out of Georgia Tech, seventy three to seven. Louisville and Notre Dame, and I thought this game. I actually thought this game would be a blowout, and there and there'd be more points scoring, but. I'm not sure what happened here, but Notre Dame barely beat Louisville, twelve to seven. So that was an unimpressive game. Florida State jumped up on North Carolina, thirty-one to seven, and they led it that at halftime. Florida State then scored a single point in the second half and still won. They won thirty-one twenty-eight. They had a whole bunch of opportunities to take on North Carolina, put them away, and they kept, they just kept shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, it was like a pitting, but they still won. I mean, this is a type of game, if you're a pit fan, that you would love to have, where no matter how badly you screw up, you still win. We would love this. Wouldn't it? That's why, that's why I love, you know, that's, the thing about, that's one thing I envy about Penn State. It's no matter how things go bad for them, they always come out smelling like a rose. Well, as we... Come out smelling like shit. Virginia Tech hammered Boston College. I thought this would be a close one. Uh, it wasn't. Tech just dismantled them, and that was it. Liberty beat Syracuse 31-8-21, and I think that's pretty much the end of the um, Dino Babers era. That's yeah, that's that's over. NC State 31-20 or Duke, they go to 4-1. Wake was Virginia 40-23. I had UVA winning this one as well. Thank God. I don't really gamble. Now, as far as the rest of the uh, college football world, Alabama beats Georgia 41-24. The game was close to half, but Saban, you know, he rallied the guys, and that was it. A&M beats Mississippi State 20-14. So... After that impressive showing in week one, uh, Mike Leach's uh, Mississippi State team's lost three in a row. So there goes that. Um, South Carolina beats Auburn 30-22. So, yeah, things aren't looking too good for Auburn as of late. Tennessee had a whole bunch of hype early this year. They they got hammered by Kentucky 34-7. And we had a whole bunch of games that were postponed due to COVID. Now, fellas, you know the country is opening back up. Your social lives are coming on the rebound. And I'm sure there's somebody on Tinder or whatever, or Grindr or whatever app you use that you've been talking to that you're going to want to meet up with. And, you know, you, you know, they may, you know, all that, all that tension, all that, you know, you may want to go work that out. And you know what? You got to look... Presentable. That's why there's Manscaped. With the Lawn Lover 3.0, skin safe technology. I mean, you can use this thing in the dark as well. I mean, you want to you make sure that, uh, you know, you're 
well groomed down there, and you're you know, and it's it's presentable. You know, it's it's looking good, and plus it's smelling good because there's also the crop preserver. It's a ball deodorant, so while you're trimming them things, you can rub a little rub a little on there, and man, they're gonna smell really good. And of course, if you want to do your nails, because maybe you you know you haven't really done done much with your nails, because you know you haven't really gone out, you haven't done anything. There's also the shears as well, comes with, and there's plenty of other goodies in the Manscaped package. So go to manscaped.com, use the promo code armchair, you guys. You, you get twenty percent off your, your purchase, free shipping. So get yourself prepared. First impressions, well, I mean, I'm sure you probably, I mean, if you. Have been connecting with your person on these apps. Maybe you, maybe you know you've been shown previewing some of these things on you know Snapchat or whatever. You want you want you want you want to live up to the hype. You want to you know get yourself ready. So go to manscaped.com, promo code armchair three o. Well, no, that's just armchair, and you'll get you know your twenty percent off your free shipping. And guys, also with the college football and girls as well. You know what you know because women bet too. NFL college is back. Good to bet online. They have a whole bunch of ways to make money. And lots of t- totals, team totals, props, you know, fantasy points, whatnot. So go to betaline.ag. Use the promo code armchair and take advantage of all the, all, all the bonuses. Betaline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys. We're heading to week eight of college football and the Big Ten returns. Yeah, the big, bad Big Ten. So let's take a look at them real quick. Friday, October 23rd, Illinois plays Wisconsin. You remember when Big Ten, all the Big Ten elitists hated Friday football because it, you know, it was meant for high school? Yeah, those were good, good times. So on the Big Ten network, Wisconsin, Illinois, I like Wisconsin's minus 20. I like I think they'll blow in Illinois. Uh, let's see. Ohio State plays Nebraska. Two teams that are credited for saving Big Ten football. Well, I think Ohio State blows them out. Rutgers, Michigan State. This is a tough one. It's actually a pick em. I pro- I'm probably going to go with uh, Michigan State. Penn State opens with Indiana, against Indiana. That's a no-brainer. Penn State wins that one. Although Journey Brown is out for the year, which is a big loss for Penn State. But I'm sure they have, they have plenty of talent to, you know, step up with that. Michigan and Minnesota, two ranked teams. That's going to be really good. That's going to be a fun game. I like Minnesota in that one. And, of course, there's Maryland Northwestern. And also around the ACC, we got Syracuse and Clemson. Uh, Clemson's a 45.5 favorite in this one, and I think Clemson's going to beat the crap out of Syracuse. I think maybe Debo may he may be a little bit merciful here. I'm thinking we'll see. NC State North Carolina. This is going to be a really good game. NC State's right off a four, you know four game winning streak. Actually, three game probably. I think it's a three game winning streak. Let's. Let's do a little fact check real quick. Yeah, it's a three-game winning streak. 
I'm sorry. Well, who cares? They're four and one. Um, they're playing North Carolina, who lost a heartbreaker to Florida State. This game seemed like an automatic win for North Carolina earlier this year. And it's not now because NC State's playing really good football as of late, and this is going to not be an easy, not be an easy one. I like NC State in this one. Louisville, Florida State. I'm going with this. I'm, I'm running FSU in this one. Um, I think after last week, yeah, I'm sure this game would be a letdown. But Louisville, Louisville, we know now how bad Louisville really is because they just they suck. Virginia Tech and Wake Forest. Tech's going to probably dismantle them. Georgia Tech and Boston College. I like BC in that one. You know, and then Virginia Miami. I'm going to go with Miami. So let's go to Pitt and Notre Dame. As you guys know, Pitt's going to have fans in the stands. I'm sure people aren't too crazy. You know, well, not so much not too crazy about it, but... It's, I guess it's why would you want to go to a pit game now and punish yourself. But, well, if you're a pit fan and you love going to a college football game, you're going to go. Now, now, both teams, offensively, both teams are kind of polar opposite. Notre Dame's passing game hasn't been all that great. But their running games were really good. Whereas Pitt's running game sucks, but the passing game has been a lot better. And defensively, both teams are really good. Now, it all comes down to who is playing on Saturday for Pitt. And from what I've been told, it's, you know, on Twitter mostly, is it's Joy Yellen's going to be probably playing again. And if he's going to set, and, you know, for Pitt to have a chance in this game, he's going to have to have time to throw the football. Because Pitt can't run the ball, and Notre Dame's gonna—they're just gonna—they're just gonna set. They're gonna go seven, eight guys against. They're gonna line seven, eight in the box, and Darius to beat them. And they're gonna be willing to take that risk because you know why? Our receivers can't consistently catch the football. That's all it comes down to. Now, does the fact that Notre Dame's passing game isn't great? Does that you know? Give me some relief? No, because Pitt's pass defense, there's, there's some holes there. And there's things that Ian Book can take advantage of. I mean, Pitt did a pretty good job against Ian Book, Ian Book I think, one or two, was it two years ago? They did a hell of a job against him. And yes, that was two years ago. But, um... This could be one of those games where two things happen. Pitt gets its head up its ass and pulls off a big victory. Or Penner, Doozy, and the staff know how tight, how big this game is. They come in this game so tight that they pucker and Pitt just gets the shit beat out of them. So it's going to be one or the other. Um, the game itself, Notre Dame is uh, heavily favored. Well, not too heavily. Notre Dame's a 10.5 point favor right now. And that's probably where I'm going as well. I'm probably taking Notre Dame minus 10.5 if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm a betting man. I would definitely, I mean, this is, I mean, guys, this is 
one early Wednesday morning I'm doing this podcast. So I would wait and see what this line is by Friday. If it moves up, say more. I mean, if you're grabbing Notre Dame at 10.5, do it now. But it may, if it's if it goes up more, I'm probably I, I would just grab Pitt by you know, grab Pitt. But this Notre Dame team is averaging 261 yards rushing per game, and they're throwing for 169 yards passing per game. So when you have a really strong running game, you don't have to throw the ball a whole lot. I mean, they're they're all scoring opponents 33 11. Depending who Pitt has thrown the ball, I mean, Pitt could take advantage of defense. And pass on him, but um, one thing Pitt's going to have to do is they're going to have to stop Notre Dame's running game, and they're going to have to force Notre Dame to beat them in the air. Well, when you have some holes in your pass defense, well, it's going to be a bad time. Overall, I don't like this game. I don't see Pitt winning it. I think they go to, I go, I think they, but you know, sometimes pit pulls these type of wins out of their asses, so you you never know, but nah, I don't, I don't think so. But as far as, um, rest of the rest of the weekend for college football, asked one game to really watch to look at is Cincinnati SMU. SMU is 5 0, Cincinnati's 3 0. It's a classical AEC matchup, and I would definitely watch that game. That's going to be a fun game to watch. The over-under in this game is 56.5, and I think it's going to go more than – I think they're going to score more than that. And as you know, the NFL – I haven't really talked much about the NFL football – NFL lately, but uh, Steelers have had a hell of a start. I mean, they're 5-0, and they're going to go play Tennessee this week, and Tennessee's had a hell of a year, and – I thought you know that Tennessee would be would be overhyped like they usually are, but they're winning games. And they just beat the Texans. I mean, the Texans were a total dumpster fire, and they have been. And they finally fired Bill O'Brien because he. I don't know what happened with the Texans. I mean, living down here, it seemed like the the culture of the Texans was changing because they had more leaders in that locker room than ever. I mean, they had. They had Deshaun Watson. They had DeAndre Hopkins. They had J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless, Jadavion Clowney. They had so many leaders in that locker room. And it just all fell apart. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was... They didn't like, you know, like what was going on. I'm not sure what it was. But eventually, J.J. Watt supposedly got in, you know got in an argument with, with the coaching staff with Bill O'Brien, and you know J.J.'s a bit late. I mean, that's something. This is, these are conversations that should have been had long before you know things blew up. And I can understand why J.J. is frustrated now because his best years are almost behind him, and now the Texans are going to probably in for a rebuild. The Colts are four and two, and I'm surprised by that. I mean, the Browns are four and two, but. You know, so much crap talking with Cleveland and the Steelers beat the crap out of them. And, you know, the Steelers' offense is starting to really take hold. I mean, Corner's running a lot better. He's, he seems a lot healthier now. You got Benny Snell. Um, the receiving corpse is great. I mean, Claypool had a hell of a game. You got, you know, 
I mean, Schuster seems to be getting passed by. I mean, he's more of a slot receiver, and and I guess he got he caught some crap for only having two catches for six yards against Cleveland. And this is a contract year for him, so I'm not sure what's going to happen with him. I mean, if he stays with Pittsburgh, I'm sure he can find out a team that's dumb enough to pay him a lot of money, like the Jets. You got the Bills. Bills are four and two. The Dolphins are three and three, and they're going with Tua over Fitzpatrick, which kind of baffles me. But because I think you you should ride your hot hand, and Fitz Magic does turn to Fitz Tragic sometimes. But I thought they should stick with him because the, the chemistry of that offense was really good with him. I mean, they really love playing with Fitzpatrick. He's a He's fun. I mean, he, at times he's fun to watch. I mean, his highlights and stuff like that. He's. I don't know what is it. What is with him? But he, he's always going to be that eight and eight, seven nine, nine and seven quarterback. But he's all. But he always makes it fun to watch. Kansas City, you know, they're always badass. The NFC East is a disaster, and I'm not sure who's going to win the NFC East. Probably. I mean, the Eagles. I'm sure will probably lock out. The Cowboys are done considering Dak is out. I mean, I feel bad for Dak because he got franchised and he got hurt. And this is why these players are sitting out because they're getting tired of being tagged. They want their deal. I mean, that's what happened with Le'Veon, and we'll get to Le'Veon here in a bit. Bears are 5-1, surprisingly. Packers are 4-1. Buccaneers 4-2. I thought the Saints were a lot worse on a record, but they're three and two, and the Seahawks are five and zero, oh, and Cardinals are four and two. But I mean, it's the NFC West is a pretty uh, dangerous division. I mean, a lot of good teams. But yes, as you guys know, Le'Veon Bell signed with the Chiefs. You know, he took a big risk. I mean, he he sat out a year, didn't get paid because he didn't want to be tagged. And he got to deal with the Jets. And beyond, I mean, the guy got $20 million of guaranteed money to average maybe two, three yards of carry. And he played on a shit, on a shit team. So in some ways, he did, he did, you know, he did take the money and run. But at what cost? I mean, his reputation took a, took a hit because, well, he hasn't really played a, a full year and since the Steelers. And statistically, he hasn't had a good year either since the Steelers. And now he's playing against Kansas in Kansas City, where he's, you know, he's playing with a crowded offense. And I'm not sure he's going to be the future player as well. I mean, he'll he'll contribute, but he won't be the man. But uh, you know what happened with Dak? I mean, that's why guys like Le'Veon sit out. They want their full full deal. And to be fair, the Steelers did all they, they give him a bit, a, a you know, full time deal, and he didn't want it. So I don't know. But the Ravens are 5-1, and they're off to a good start. I mean, to me, it seems like their whole offense is Lamar Jackson. I mean, which shows how really good he is, but they got to get the guy some help. I mean, he's, his receiving corps isn't that great. I thought they could have got Le'Veon Bell as well to upgrade their, their, their backfield. But eventually the... Um, Wills will fall off on that one. 
the Titans, you know, they're off to a hot start. I mean, they're they're really clicking. I mean, I mean, it's it's hard to believe that it took it took replacing Marcus Mariota with Ryan Tannehill to, to fix to fix their offense. I mean, they had Derek Henry, who's a hell of a player, but it's just hilarious. It took them just replace their quarterback to fix their offense because Mariota had so much hype every single year, and he just the guy sucked. But anyways, guys, I'm gonna let you have the rest of your day. Uh, enjoy the enjoy the rest of the week. Hell to pit. Talk to you later.